From Schwartz Media, I'm Ange McCormack. This is 7am. The world's richest man, Elon Musk, has a new pet project, reinventing, and possibly destroying, the site formerly known as Twitter. Now simply known as X, tweets are called X's, the site's domain name is X.com, and the iconic Bluebird logo is no more. Musk's rebrand isn't purely for aesthetics. It's the beginning of the billionaire's vision to create a ubiquitous everything app of the future. So could an ambitious plan to centralise communication, shopping, banking and social media in one place be brazen enough to work? Today, Reuters financial journalist and longtime watcher of Elon Musk's business empire, Anthony Curry, on Elon's plan to disrupt the global financial system. It's Friday, July 28. Well, it's bye-bye birdie, hello X. Twitter has unveiled a new logo. The tech billionaire announced a massive rebranding of Twitter over the weekend. Rebranding to be known simply as X. That's the latest shakeup under billionaire Elon Musk, who paid 44 billion. Anthony, you've reported on Elon Musk's businesses for a decade or so now. When you saw him make this announcement out of nowhere that he was renaming Twitter to X, did it surprise you? No, not really. Um, I mean, for a couple of reasons. He'd already, a few months ago, decided to change the parent company's name to X. And the companies he set up to buy Twitter, he named X. Right, So none of this is particularly surprising in that sense. What surprised me more is that he's got this intention to replace everything with the letter X. So if you are Meta or if you are Alphabet, yes, you've changed your name from the original product, but you've kept the product's name. So Alphabet still has Google. You don't Alphabet something, you still Google something. Um, you still use Facebook rather than using Meta. So in general terms, I think you know it's not a big surprise, nor, nor is it a particularly in general terms bad name. His his propensity for naming things weirdly is is well known. Yes, his children. I think his one of his other children is named Y. I think um, <laughs> so, as in the letter Y. Right. I mean, the only time I see him sort of putting it into a broader context, and this is a ridiculously stupid broader context, is when he was talking initially about um, what he wanted from his Tesla cars. He said what he really wanted was four cars, one with the S, one with X, one a Y, and then the other one he wanted to be an E. But the Model E is a brand owned by Ford, and they wouldn't give it to him. Because uh, what he wanted to be able to spell was the word sexy. <laughs> of course. Which is great. And apparently I've heard that that's one of the new names of one of the uh, conference rooms in the Twitter headquarters now is. And can you tell me about where the name actually comes from? Why does Elon Musk seem to use this letter so much? X.com, well, with that, we're going back to, I think, 97, 98, when he started it. I mean, what you've got going on with the internet is it's basically like an earthquake where the epicenter is Silicon Valley, and it's, it's shaking up the whole world. And the idea behind that was basically to be an online bank. So this is an ATM. All we're going to do is transform the traditional banking industry. I do not fit the picture of a banker. So if you think about the US banking system at the time, really antiquated. Raising $50 million is a matter of making a series of phone calls. And the money is there. Checks are the thing. Everyone loves checks. No one wants a debit card. Along comes X.com as one of many uh, over the, from that point onwards for the next 10, 15 years. Online banks trying to disintermediate and destroy 
the really sclerotic, fragmented, antiquated US banking system. And what X.com basically wanted to be was just an online bank, no fees, easy to pay people, uh, send people money, input your uh, someone else's email address and send them money, which was unheard of in America at the time. I think X.com could absolutely be a, a multi-billion dollar bonanza. Because if you look at the industry that X is pursuing, it's the biggest sector of the world economy. So he set it up, did pretty well from it, merged it in, I think, 2001 with a company called Confinity, which would, was being run by Peter Thiel and Max Levchin. They then ousted Musk from the business. He was CEO at the time. They got rid of him. One of the arguments was about what to call it. He wanted to call it X.com. They decided to call it PayPal. It then got bought by uh, eBay and became a much larger business later on uh, and is now one of the big survivors of the whole um, financial technology growth and, and route of the past 20 years. So here you are and, and you come to Canada and make it to the United States and then you and, and several other guys come together and create PayPal. Right. And you sell it to eBay for one point, whatever it was, $5 billion. Yeah. So after PayPal, um, uh, that, that gave me you know, a fair bit of capital. Um, but it gave Musk the money that he needed to go out and start SpaceX and then to invest in and then eventually to become chairman and then CEO of Tesla. When I was in college, there were three areas that I thought would most affect the future of humanity. Um, and, and those were the internet, uh, the transition to a sustainable energy and transportation uh, sector, and the third was space exploration in particular. And I think, what was it, 2017, he bought rights to the X.com name back off PayPal, which is where the X.com uh, company uh, finally ended up in after a couple of deals. And this isn't just a rebrand of the name or the logo. This is actually another step in reinventing what the platform Twitter actually is. Can you tell me what he plans to do with X.com? Yeah, it's... I mean, he's got these grandiose plans, right? So he talks about it becoming an everything app and everything apps are, well, they're supposed to kind of do what they say on the tin, right, which is pretty much everything. Uh, and he's basing it, I think, off WeChat in China. He's mentioned that as well. WeChat is just, just basically, you think about anything you can do online in China and WeChat basically does it for you. Uh, started off as a chat platform, what, 12 years ago, got into banking, uh, payments. Uh, you can you know, order your food, order a car on there, everything. We, we, if, if there's something you want to do, you can do it on this sort of you know, X everything app, or you can leave easily and do it somewhere else. So um, that's what he's looking for. And there are there are others around the world that do that, mostly in Asia. Um, so you've got GoTo, uh, which is in Indonesia, I think, uh, and a few others. So it's not unheard of. It's just never been done in America. But one of the things that surfaced recently that Musk has said in the past few months when talking about his plans for X.com and how big it could become, he said something like... Uh, could be 50% of the global financial industry or a really big number. Essentially, if, if, if done right, the X would be would, would serve people's financial needs to such a degree that over time it would become, I don't know, maybe half of the global financial system. Wow. Or some big number. Now, Musk is someone who makes big prognostications. I would take all of them uh, very carefully. But there is no way you're going to have one platform anytime soon, by which I mean probably in my lifetime, uh, being worth half of the global financial system. Uh, it's just never going to happen. No individual country is going to let um, any bank dominate or any payments platform 
dominate to that extent. I'll just give you one little tidbit on America, for example. Uh, the largest bank has about 12, JP Morgan has about 12% of the country's deposits. I think at the moment it's still illegal for a bank to buy its way above 10% of the nation's deposits by buying another bank. You can grow it that way, or you can buy another bank if there's a financial crisis. <laughs> and JP Morgan's good at uh, buying banks in a financial crisis. But you cannot be that big a bank, it's just not allowed. You think about Australia. We've already got four big banks down here. We've got um, the superannuation funds getting bigger and bigger. This government, nor any other government, wants that to get any more concentrated, right? Especially the banking sector. The Brits won't want it. The Germans won't want it. The Indians won't want it. The Chinese won't even let you in. So it's just not going to happen. Mm. And there's also a question, I would think, about the reputation of Elon Musk himself as a business owner and whether customers would actually want to use an app like x.com. Yeah to make these transactions, right, and be associated with someone like Elon Musk, who increasingly is very unpopular. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what you want your bank to be is about as boring as possible, <laughs> right? So, um, you know, if you think back to the most recent financial crisis in the US, what, four or five months ago, where suddenly we're seeing how are these allegedly boring banks losing money? That actually probably couldn't have happened here in, in Australia because this banking system here really has become really, really boring. That's great. If you're a banking CEO or if you are um, a customer, that's kind of what you want. You don't want your bank getting into trouble. You don't want your payments system being a mess. You don't want your lending platform uh, having uh, a bunch of racist and sexist comments on it all the time, right? You want it simple. You want it to do what it's meant to do as a banking app or a banking system. That's it. So, yeah, the way that Musk has gone about Twitter... Fine. Look, you don't. If he doesn't like the way Twitter works, if he wants to introduce his own brand of free speech, go for it. He owns it. Why not? And yes, is he destroying the brand? Quite probably. Is it going to survive? Probably. Um, so there's the Elon Musk reputation. There's the Twitter reputation as it's become, uh, which don't help. There's other things that you know. If you go into the payment system and banking, you've got to deal with more regulators. And Musk doesn't like government interference in his businesses. We'll be back in a moment. The Saturday Papers food editors are some of the country's leading chefs, including Andrew McConnell, Otama Carey, David Moyle and Karen Martini. Let them guide your cooking when you sign up to Schwartz Media's free weekly newsletter, The Food. It features the latest recipe from the Saturday paper, along with a selection of seasonal dishes suitable for all cooks. Subscribe today at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. For longtime editor Winnie Dunn, there were a few rules she followed when writing her debut novel. I really don't subscribe to writing for the sake of, you know, trauma dumping or getting your trauma out. That's what a therapist is for, please. <laughs> Please go see a therapist. We're very pro-therapy on yeah, this. If that's, if that's what you're using writing for. I'm Michael Williams, and on this week's very therapeutic episode of Read This, I chat with Winnie Dunn. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Anthony, this idea of Elon Musk's would surely need the backing of a strong, stable, successful company to make it work, right? So what state is the company, Twitter or X, in at the moment? Uh, pretty parlous. So, what he paid forty-four billion US dollars for it. It's at least halved, or almost halved, in value, um, which tells you it's having problems, right? I think advertising revenue is down fifty, sixty, seventy percent. 
it isn't looking good. Lots of people are posting less. A lot of the people who I follow are saying they don't want to, um, and these are sort of either scientists or other journalists or people who are, used to use it to uh, disseminate information are saying they're not getting the same kind of responses they used to get before. They're getting a lot of anti-climate change uh, scepticism, a lot of rudeness, sexism, racism. It doesn't make you want to use the platform, right? So the value of the business has gone down. The advertising revenue has gone down. The subscription model he's introduced, I can't remember how many he's got, but we're talking millions of dollars, not hundreds of millions of dollars that's going to gonna bring in, right? So uh, tens of millions of dollars if he's really lucky. Mm. And Elon Musk, he spent a lot of money when he bought Twitter. He borrowed against his own Tesla shares. But Twitter as a company was already in trouble then. And now it seems to be tanking even further, as you're saying. Could the world's richest man, Elon Musk, actually find himself in trouble after making all of these decisions? Um, look, I mean, he's become the world's richest man again. I haven't looked at his val- the valuation of his uh, stock. And I think SpaceX has also increased in value in the past few months. If Twitter goes under, he'll be fine, right? And he's he's he has yes, I mean he'll he'll probably have to sell some more shares, but he's got a lot of them. He had don't forget a really 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 generous bonus package about four or five years ago, which at the time was worth about sixty billion. It's probably worth more than that now. The shares have recovered a lot of their losses from last year. It's still worth far more than any car company should be worth. He's doing just fine. I have no concerns about his own personal wealth. Mm. And I guess we've been talking about the brand damage that is being done to Twitter now that it's becoming X.com and Elon Musk's very close association with that brand now. I I wonder if you can talk about his other projects like Tesla, SpaceX, for example. Are they kind of being grouped in with Elon in the same way? Are they being damaged in the same way that Twitter or X.com is? Is that association there or are people kind of being protected from that? I'm not sure SpaceX is. By having a second in command there, and for many years now, running it, I mean, I think he's nominally CEO, but he's not that associated with it. He'll he'll cheer the launches, he'll say what's gone wrong if a a rocket blows up. Um, But I think SpaceX is pretty much doing what SpaceX is going to do, and it's it's not that consumer-facing a business. So you can sort of push it off to the side to an extent, right? The boring company that's meant to uh, dig tunnels underground to make it easier to transport cars around the city. I don't understand that business model. I don't get it. I don't know why anyone thinks it's going anywhere, and it seems not to be going anywhere. So we can put that to one side as well. Twitter and Tesla are the consumer-facing operations, right? So Tesla is... I think he thought it would be better than it is now. I mean, the margins on that business are coming down. He's having to reduce the price of the cars he's selling at the moment. I think it's still better than most other car companies at the moment, but it's dropping, right? And also, I think, in general, sales of electric vehicles have slowed. I don't think you can dissociate him from Tesla, but I think people can enough when it comes to buying a product like that. You think it works, it's Mm. good, and yes, there are more out there that I can buy, but Tesla is still really the standard, and it's just also struck a deal with a lot of other car makers for car makers to adopt Tesla's plug-in technology for charging. So it's clearly a leader, if not the leader. Mm. And whether they're good ideas or not, it seems like visions of tech billionaires like Elon Musk and others are going to have an influence on our world. What do you think the story this week and the interest in it tells us about the influence people like him have over our popular culture, business, technology, the future? Um, I'm I'm tempted to say it's too much, but I think we've always had 
and always looked at certain people uh, and put them on pedestals or even put them on pedestals so we can knock them down. Uh, so I don't think there's anything unique about that. Um, you look back to the old media tycoons uh, of the past. Uh, or you look back to uh, big banking magnates like J.P. Morgan over 100 years ago. Outsized personalities have outsized roles in society. How influential they can be is another matter. And how influential they can be behind the scenes or in public is is the question. I think to Elon Musk's, not to his credit, but at least with Elon Musk, most of what he's doing or seems to want to be doing is being done out in the open. Right? He can't really keep a thought to himself. Mm. And Anthony, just going back to this idea of the everything app, do we really think that this is something that could take off? And is Elon Musk the kind of leader that could do that? In general terms, it's a nice idea to be able to do everything from one thing these days. But I can already do that. Right? I can do it from my phone. Whether it's a Google or an iPhone, I can go in there and I have most things already set up. I can just, with a flick of my finger, um, order a car, order some food, uh, go and buy myself uh, a flight if I need to. Yes, I'm going through different apps, but what the Everything app does, WeChat especially does, it's not just WeChat. It's not just WeChat and its parent Tencent's business on there. They've got links and sub-apps to other businesses as well. Right? So arguably your iPhone already does it. Forget about any regulatory hurdles or antitrust issues with one company being able to dominate everything in the Western world. And America and Britain and the EU will hate that. Just look at how they've been going after Facebook, Google, everything. They will not allow that kind of thing to happen. Could Elon Musk be the person to do it? In theory, yes, because he's sheer bloody-minded enough to want to do it. But it will require a lot more money probably a lot more deals. You have to go out and buy other companies. And uh, I think there would just be too much pushback. Anthony, thanks so much for talking with me today. Yeah, pleasure. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Also in the news today, Commonwealth Bank will cut 250 jobs, according to the Finance Sector Union. Australia's largest bank already cut its workforce by 200 a couple of months ago, despite rising profits. And former Liberal politician Craig Kelly has defeated the Australian Electoral Commission in court. Kelly, who tried to run for re-election for the United Australia Party after defecting from the former government, was fighting a judgement by the AEC that all of his campaign posters did not have the proper authorisation line clearly visible. 7am is a daily show from The Monthly and The Saturday Paper. It's produced by Cara Jensen-McKinnon, Zoltan Fetcho, Shane Anderson and Yo Chung. Our senior producer is Chris Dengate. Our technical producer is Atticus Basto. Our editor is Scott Mitchell. Sarah McVie is our head of audio. Eric Jensen is our editor-in-chief. Mixing by Andy Elston, Travis Evans and Atticus Basto. Our theme music is by Ned Beckley and Josh Hogan of Envelope Audio. I'm Ange McCormack. This is 7am. See you next week.